0: I don't know if I've shared this before, but the search for my wedding dress wasn't exactly the fairy tale magic moment that you might think from growing up watching Beverly Hills 90210, the original, and rom-coms with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. In fact, I was so embarrassed about my budget, style, appearance, and size that I didn't even set foot into a bridal store at all. Mind you, it was over nine years ago now, so the options and my self-esteem have changed a lot since then. But at the same time, if my recent DMs with listeners and my couples, who I'm the celebrant for, are anything to go by, nothing has really changed because the search for your wedding attire, whether it be a dress or gown, a suit, Elvis jumpsuit... Bear costume or arseless chaps really comes down to your confidence and your knowledge of how, where, and when rather than what the market or online options can offer you at any given time. And this is why I am incredibly excited for you to listen to my interview with Bianca Velt Heron, who is currently the Australian and New Zealand sales manager for three labels from the Spanish bridal house Pronovius Group. Not only does Bianca have global experience as a bridal stylist and is obsessed with outstanding customer service and superior quality in wedding gowns, but she's also not judgmental and easy to understand. Because let's face it, sometimes the cool kids can make wedding dress shopping seem like it's only for an exclusive club of cashed up, beautiful and thin people. And so for the likes of me, who is no fashion aficionado, Bianca makes what could be an intimidating or daunting experience feel like you can do it too, that you deserve to have that moment and memory as part of your wedding planning time. So given that I know how open she is, I hit her up with seven of the most frequently asked questions about wedding dresses to get her inside scoop for you. Today, Bianca is going to teach you the how, when and where to start your wedding dress search. The options you have for inclusive sizing, why buying online probably won't save you money, why some stores charge fees for appointments, how many people you can bring along with you and why you might not be allowed to take photos in store. And stay listening to the end to find out what Bianca's key highlights are in wedding fashion for the 2024 season. I'll give you a hint. There are some very Audrey Hepburn elements. Let's get stuck into it. Unbridely is a community of pro wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille, and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. Hi, Bianca. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. I'm so stoked to talk to you, Bee, because I know your background and how much you're going to be able to help engage couples with their attire and all this sort of stuff, but we'll start off with your credentials. So if you could share, yeah, how you got into bridal gowns, bridal wear and what you're doing now.
1: I suppose it started when I was quite young. My mum brought home a bridal magazine from her work. She used to work at Clarence on the Lake and they were having a bridal fair and this bridal magazine was my prime position. I would look through it every night on my bed and then from then on, every pocket money that I had, I would spend on bridal magazines and just research and dream one day that I'll get into it. Finally did, um, after working in fashion retail from the age of 16, I uh, went to England to pursue my love of English history and was hoping to get into the bridal industry over there. Managed to fulfil both of my dreams, which was one of them was to work at Harrods in London and one of them was to work in bridal. I managed to gain a position with the bridal company uh, Penovius, which is a Spanish bridal house, who I actually currently work for now. But at that time I was a bridal stylist in their London flagship store and then was promoted to senior sales at their Harrods concession. So that was very exciting. Back in 2007, I got married myself, immigrated back to Australia with my husband. Well, I was already a resident, but (laughs) my husband's English and managed to gain a position with a local family wholesaling business within Adelaide. And so I gained a lot of industry knowledge within the Australian and New Zealand market, I'm working with that family company, wholesaling to bridal stores across Australia and New Zealand. And then I was lucky going to be headhunted for this position with the Pronovias Group again, representing their brands, House of St. Patrick, White One Bridal and Lady Bird Bridal within the Australian and New Zealand market. So basically my job is to present the collections to the stores across Australia to our stockists, seek out new stockists that want to stock our brand, and obviously assist them with inquiries and, you know, getting beautiful gowns into their stores. And Bianca, we were saying just before
0: I pressed record, what you don't know about bridal gowns is not worth knowing. Isn't that the (laughs) truth?
1: It is, yeah. Yeah. It I is. mean, I suppose working in the industry for 16 years, I've been through it all, seeing the ups and downs, seeing fashions come and go, seeing the whole industry change with the introduction of social media and obviously generations. One thing we'd say in the industry is as suppliers and industry professionals, our age changes however the average bride's age never changes so we need to follow those generations so we need to keep up there with the new trends the new happenings um with what generation is next to get married yes
0: and also we were just chatting then about there's been a bit of a downturn and i think it's you know fair to say those words <laughs> because there yeah. has been like post covid and you know we've noticed that brides' preferences and their needs and stuff, they've changed with the cost of living,
1: haven't they? Mm -hmm. They have, yes. So, uh, what I've noticed in the industry over the last couple of years, especially since COVID, is obviously a lot of elopement weddings, which doesn't require so much more of a, you know, big fancy all gown dress. However, the other difference that I'm seeing is a lot of brides are buying gowns off the floor because they're needing them quickly because they've just gone, want to get married, want to get it over and done with, need that dress quickly. And this is where we can come in later about discussing how further ahead do you need to actually mm-hmm. start shopping for your gown and your attire. However, that, the change that we're seeing in the market at the moment is brides are wanting gowns quickly and a lot of stores are having to sell their gowns and their samples that they've invested in to get reorders on, but they're needing to sell them off the right chair to, to facilitate the bride's needs. And so at the moment, you know, with those
0: demands on boutiques, are we still finding that there are delays in making and shipping gowns from overseas?
1: It's getting better. The chain of shipping, the links there are getting better. There was quite a few delays post COVID. A lot of the suppliers are based in overseas countries, and a lot of those places would obviously be short-staffed. You know, it's happened in all industries, so it has. Yeah, it has gotten better. So you know, it did go from the average of a gown to get made would be 16 weeks. Sadly after covid it sort of had to get pushed out to about 20 weeks. Now it's actually gone back to about 14 to 16 weeks depending on what designer you decide to go with.
0: That's really good. And yeah, not to not to blame anyone or to have a go at the industry or anything, but I just think it's really great for engaged couples now to know that there there might be a bit of a delay and if they're able to get ahead of the curve surely mm-hmm. that's better for their stress levels. and It
1: is. And I hate to say this and I hate saying this to brides in stores, but always allow for error. Don't let that get you put off. But there's certain things that are out of control from the stores point of perspective to the suppliers point of perspective. You know, things like delayed deliveries that, you know, the gown did actually get sent on time However, it might get stuck in customs and that's out of the supplier's hands. So it is really important to make sure that you get your gown in time. Don't leave it three months before your wedding. I mean, there are things that can be done like rush orders and things, but you're putting extra pressure on yourself, Mm. on the store, extra worry, not to allow for certain errors that can happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for filling us in about that, Bianca. That's so good. You're welcome. So, at the moment, you were just talking about that you're seeing a few more brides maybe get more elopement style gowns, dresses. Is that what is most popular?
1: I suppose I'm kind of contradicting myself there, to be honest, because, you know, over the last five years, we've seen boho as a really big trend. And when you think elopements, you kind of think boho sort of style dresses and boho. That word gets thrown around quite a bit and it actually could be quite extensive to um, describe some gowns. But generally when I think of boho gowns, I think of light and flowy, which is what you would wear for an elopement or, you know, a destination-style wedding. Funny enough, though, the trends are, like again, I'm contradicting myself, the trends are going to more A-line and princess-style gowns over the last year and heading into next year's collections as well is what's shining through and what the feedback I'm getting from the stores that I deal with is they are selling more A-line and princess gowns now and the boho style is is sort of fading out. I suppose there are sort of like more modified A-line gowns that you could get for elopement sort of destination style weddings now if you're wanting to, you know, get something that's a little bit more on trend, which is where it seems to be going.
0: What do you think influences those trends, Bianca?
1: Oh, that's a good question. The big, you know, design houses, they set The trends, I think, are now at the forefront of the bridal industry. So, for example, the company that I work for is a big bridal and we have quite a few labels under our belt. And those sort of bigger names like Pronovius Group do set the trends. They've always been the trend setters. So they've got, you know, a house of designers that will come up with these fantastic new ideas, source out new fabrics that hasn't been seen before. And then you will start to slowly see, you know, the smaller sort of designers follow on from that. So I think the bigger sort of houses are the trendsetters, And then obviously they take inspiration from big design houses like Coco Chanel and things like that and so it's just a lot of research that has gone into putting a collection together.
0: I just wonder whether sometimes you know real life sort of comes out a bit whether it's movies or whether it's um, Bridgerton or whether it's uh, royal weddings and
1: things like that. Exactly. And it's funny you should say that because I know that a few seasons ago, as soon as Bridget and hit, we started to see sort of a little bit more empire lines and probably sort of more of those princess cut gowns, you know, shows like The Crown and with all the royal weddings that have been happening at the moment. So the current collection that I've got from the House of St. Patrick this season, which will be in stores next year, is actually based on royal weddings and Queen Victoria. So that's hence why you can see a lot more of the princess-style gowns and the of ball gowns, but modernised, obviously, for today's bride. So you can still go to the loo in them. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's important. <laughs> it's important. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's crucial. Whoever it's crucial. came up with those fantastic loo bag dresses is a genius. I wish I had that. <laughs> right?
0: Millionaire.
1: A Grimesworth's enemy in the toilet is the um, toilet roll where it rips off Don't get your chill skirt caught in one of those. Oh, what a great tip.
0: So we know sort of what is trending, what is popular, but I am in a lot of bridal Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. It's mainly brides. And they're talking a lot about dresses. And I had one today and I'd really love your take on it. So a plus-size bride has been trying to get her mum, maid of honour, a couple of bridesmaids and a sister To go with her dress shopping, she just can't coordinate them all, for starters, but then she's got this feeling that they're pushing back on attending this dress appointment, this Mm -hmm. trying-on-gowns appointment, because of her size and because they don't want to have to sit there and lie to her about how she looks good, which I just find so sad. It's so sad. Right. (laughs) So for plus-size gowns, Bianca, like – what are bride's options like how can we make everyone feel wanted and, and included and beautiful
1: Yes yeah well there are certain stores that dedicate themselves to plus size pride really hate to probably try and use that word maybe more stores that are more inclusive towards you know a fuller figure mm. Your best bet is to call the store first make a few phone calls do your research, check their websites if they do cater for size 18 plus. Most designers can go up to size 26, 28. Some go up to size 32, like my brands. Also, yeah, do your research on the brands and on the stores. Make sure that they will have enough gowns in your size range to try it on there might be sizes that are a couple of sizes down a couple of sizes up that we can make fit and work so you can actually see what the gown will look like on you in the finished product so the bridal stylists are trained to deal with this sort of situation but you need to feel comfortable with your bridal stylist as well so my suggestion would be to call the store's Get to know the bridal stylist that you're talking to on the phone. Maybe they can suggest one that would um, be best for you. Tell them your concerns and they'll work around that. If we go back to her entourage Mm -hmm. and her concerns about her entourage, my suggestion might be go in yourself first. Get to know your stylist. Get comfortable with the store that you want to pick your gown from. Make sure that they've got the size that, you know, to cater for you. Pick two or three out that you love and then get your entourage to come back, but maybe, maybe one or two because too many people's opinions thrown at you is just going to make you confused and more insecurities are going to probably pop up. So pick one or two that you know know you best, know when you feel comfortable and at your best in a gown and they can tell from those cues that you feel comfortable and you love this gown and they can, you know, roll off from your cues whether that is the gown for you. But also maybe talk to your entourage first about your insecurities and let them know that you want to give your opinion first and then they can throw out their opinion. And if they see that you're happy and you're glowing in that gown, then, you know, they've got your best interests at heart, hopefully. They need to shut up then, (laughs) right? (laughs) I think sometimes the entourage is a bridal stylist's sort of worst nightmare. I know it is a rite of passage, especially for a mother, a sister, the best friend to come along, but you really need to sort of think whether they're going to have your best interests at heart because sadly, sometimes you get the jealous bride's name. Sometimes you get the overbearing mother. Um, you know you get the sister who's been there done that and think she knows best so it's probably worth having a good chat to your entourage before and let them know what opinions you feel comfortable with them giving and and why they're there
0: mm. because it's not a reality tv show where you know the producers are trying to get the drama happening so they're applying <laughs> the mother-in-law with extra champagne yes I mean yeah. it's not it's your real
1: bloody feelings It is. It is. And I mean, I've seen it all. I've seen it all. And majority of the time, there's, you know, beautiful stories and tears involved and happiness and cuddles and excitement. And it's all about capturing that moment. You know, it it goes back to the rite of passage for a bride to be able to have that moment of her finding her gown and just choosing the right people to be there with her. And mm. it's any bride's rite of passage, whether you're a size six, whether you're a size 28, you all deserve that feeling. So again, it goes back to studying the bridal stores, contacting them first, letting them know your insecurity, what you're worried about, do your research you should hopefully find the bridal stylist that will be able to help you start a dream gown.
0: Yeah. But you also said, Bianca, that your particular brands that you represent, they go up to decent sizes as well. Do you want to say those names again, what you represent?
1: The company is called the Pradovis Group. The brands that I look after are St. Patrick Bridal, White One Bridal and Ladybird Bridal. The good thing about White One Bridal is we take a gown that would be suitable for a plus-size bride and we photograph it on a model that's, say, a size 8 and we photograph it on a model who say, a size 22, for example. So you can actually see the gown and the way that the pattern is adapted for both those sizes. Another great bonus about the company that I work for is we don't charge surcharges for plus sizes. So this is another thing where a bride needs to do her research and be aware that some designers do charge a surcharge once you go over, say, a size 18 or a 20. There are reasons behind that. The reasons being more fabric may need to be used. Please don't let that put you off. And also pattern change. But there are designers out there that are inclusive and they do not charge a surcharge for gowns over a size eighteen.
0: I get that, Bianca. Like I do understand from a business point of view, but what a fucking slap in the face.
1: I know, I know. That's that must be Yeah. <laughs> I love the company that I work for because we're inclusive in that matter. Sadly there are some designers out there that will add surcharges for those reasons.
0: Yeah. I mean understandable but at the same time It's hard, isn't it? Because I guess when you're talking about other businesses and you're saying, okay, if the cost of providing this customer with this product is a little bit more because they're a little bit more needy, it all Mm -hmm. evens out at the end of the day. But for weddings and for bridal in particular, the idea is you're only buying it once. Mm -hmm. So I guess businesses are going, well, if we don't look after you because, you know, you don't fit this particular size range, what does it matter?
1: Exactly, yeah. I know that a lot of bridal stylists do feel for the bride when they have to let them know that there's a surcharge as well. So a lot of stores might sort of cover that themselves as well. Again, it's about doing the research. There are a lot of designers out there that have dedicated plus-size brands. For example, My Ladybird Bridal does have a dedicated sub-label underneath it called Eva, where we cater for plus-size brides and they are pictured on curvaceous models. You know, because there's certain things that get involved where someone who might be a size 20 gets conscious and would prefer something like a strap or um, want long sleeves or three-quarter sleeves because they're a little bit conscious. There's certain things, but you know what? There are girls out there that own it and they can wear any of those gowns. And again, don't let that put you off. You go out there and mm-hmm. you get that tight little crepe ruched gown if you want, because bridal gowns are structured. You know, majority of bridal gowns you're going to find are structured and there are ways of manipulating the gown to make it fit. So if you are wanting to go strapless, you are wanting to go fitted. You definitely can. Don't put yourself in a stereotype that you have to go for a certain dress because you will see there are a lot of brands out there that stick with the traditional, but there are brands out there that will modernise and trend up the gowns for, you know, these science girls. So again, yeah. it's about doing your research. It's about having the engineering, right, Bianca? Yeah, exactly. You know, to help yeah. the girls. Yeah. It is. Okay.
0: <laughs> you know, the other girls. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh well, we all know there's best underwear for that too. So Yes. So you touched on
0: there, Bianca, you know, about really, you know, it doesn't matter what size you are or what you're going for, it's really best to do your research, find the kind of gowns, the kind of stores, the kind of boutiques that Mm -hmm. you know are going to work for you is that the real baseline is that where brides should be starting their search is research research before you even step into a store
1: definitely because the stylists love nothing more than you coming in with pictures which you know is something that we have at our fingertips nowadays with everything over social media obviously back in in the days of the '80s and '90s, it was cut out the magazine pictures and tape them in. So okay. you've got you've got all this material at your fingertips. Why not use it? So there might be particular designers that you like, and then you need to see who stocks those designers. So it's a matter of going on a designer's website, looking at their stockers page, finding out their closest stockers to you if you like a designer's certain aesthetic. Keep an eye on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, get a feel for what's out there designer-wise, but then you've also got to look at your budget as well. So work out your budget and make sure that when you find the stores that you want to go to, call them up and ask if it is a particular designer that you're interested in, ask their price range just to make sure that you're not pricing yourself out of Mm. your dream gown and then Sadly, if you are, go back to base one, maybe ask them some questions on designers that have got similar sort of aesthetics in your price range. I wouldn't pick any more than three stores to visit because you're just going to sort of confuse yourself. It actually is quite a tiring process. I wouldn't do any more than two to three appointments in one day because the appointments generally last between an hour and a half to two hours. It is a lot of effort, especially if the gown isn't fitting perfectly there's certain things that a bridal stylist might need to adapt to be able to get the whole overall look of the gown on you before you step out and show your entourage and look at yourself in the mirror. So it is, you know, quite a lot of work in that change room and it does get quite tiring. Hence why the bridal stylists generally limit to how many gowns they'll let you try on and that limited time of the appointment because obviously they need to cater for other brides coming in, especially on Saturdays book in advance on Saturdays because some stores do book, you know, months in advance for their Saturday appointments. If you can try and make a weekday appointment, that would be fantastic because you would generally have the store to yourself as well, which would be quite nice.
0: I would imagine, you know, as you're saying, Bianca, there about, you know, calling the store in advance, making sure they've got the actual designer that you have been coveting and following mm-hmm. and stalking and, but then making sure that the price range is within your budget because mm-hmm. I guess when you're standing there in the middle of the store in what you think is the perfect gown and everyone's going, oh, my God, it's fantastic, and then the bomb gets dropped then, oh, oh it's yeah. $3,000 more expensive than what I thought it was. Oh, and
1: how much are alterations? Yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. Yes, yeah, so we've got to factor in alterations too, which is obviously another wormhole to go down.
0: you still haven't written your vows yet, have you? Let me help. In around 20 minutes or so, you can easily write personalised wedding vows unlike anything you've heard before that will make your fiancé feel like the most loved, understood and appreciated person on the planet. The how to write wedding vows that don't suck. Instant download 17 page PDF ebook walks you through a step by step format for your vows, how to find the right words and phrases to describe your feelings and your fiance, how to write that crucial first draft and create your final wedding vows masterpiece. So, if you don't know how or even where to start, if you've been Googling your little heart out, or if you've been calling them wedding vows, A E I O U, this ebook is for you. Included in there are also some bonus secrets for getting the most out of your wedding ceremony. So make sure you download your copy right now and get Write Your Wedding Vows crossed off your to do list today. The link is in the show notes. Because I think a lot of people are really surprised about the cost of alterations because what, you get a pair of pants taken up for? what, 40 bucks? Yeah. And then they're going, okay, well, it's it's just a hem or it's just a sleeve or, you know, I just need this yeah. little bit. And yeah, they just can't correlate the cost. Can you talk at all about alteration costs?
1: Of course. It really varies. Each store and each seamstress would charge differently. So I can't comment on prices. However, you've got to take in consideration the work that needs to be done. If you've got a gown that has a lace edging on the hem. That's a lot of work for the seamstress to remove that lace, hem the gown to where it needs to be for the perfect length, and then reattach that lace. The way that they would order your gown would be to measure your bust waist and hip. Each designer has a different size chart. The bridal stylist will order the gown more than likely for the Biggest part of your body, and I know it's horrible to say, but we all have different size bodies. So for example, I'm putting it out here. If I was to be measured for a bridal gown, my bust would be size 12. My hips would be size 12, but my waist would be a size 16. So I would order a size 16. In general, fast fashion clothes, I would be a size 12 to 14. So that's another good point for brides, just to be aware that your bridal gown will probably be ordered in a larger size. So don't even look at the size tag. It doesn't matter. Why does that happen, Bianca? Because we need it to fit perfectly for the biggest part of your body. Right. And then everything else will be taken in to fit perfectly. So I want that gown to come in in a size 16 so it fits my waist beautifully. We all desire to have that beautiful, perfect waist in a bridal gown and um, then the seamstress would alter it for my busts and my hips. Right. They would take your measurements. They will put it up against the designer's size chart, figure out the best size for you and order that gown in. It would come in. Then you would organise if the rider store has an in-store seamstress, which some of them do, you would book an appointment. That seamstress would come out in the change room, have about an hour with you, half an hour to an hour, and fix the gown up. To, to alter. There, don't be surprised, there might be one or two fittings to get it perfect um, because they can't always get it perfect the first time. Uh, some might need small alterations, some might need a lot, depending if you, how much you want to modify the gown as well, because some brides choose to put a sleeve on, they decide not to have that bit of lace on there. So that all factors mm-hmm. into the cost as well. So as far as timeline goes, you need to factor in time for your alterations, which, again, you would discuss with your bridal store and your your bridal stylist. Because that was going
0: to be my next question then, Bianca, with all this research you're doing and then you're going in and trying this stuff on and then we have to, you know, generally get it shipped, then we've got alterations. What is a reasonable (laughs) and non-stressy timeline then for all this to happen?
1: So bridal gowns take regularly around about 16 weeks to come in. Um, You would need to check with certain designers. Each designer has different, but just say going on the basis of the designers that I work for, we say 16 weeks. And you would want to then allow maybe two months for your alterations. Again, that gives us more time to, I hate using it, but allow for errors. Sadly, things do happen. So, I would say add two months on to the four months. So that's six months. And then you're going to want to give yourself maybe four weeks to have a look. It depends how long you think it's going to take for you to find your perfect gown. So add maybe another month on top of that. I would say generally between nine to six months, six months being the absolute sort of deadline to look for your gown. If you're having a shotgun wedding and you're getting married in two months, by all means, there are stores that can help you there are designers that do rush orders or hold stock. Um, Sadly, though, if this is the case, you can't be too picky. Listen to your bridal stylist. Let them guide you if you know you're needing a gown quickly. Let them know what you're looking for in a gown and they'll be able to show you what options and they'll guide you to the best ones. That's really
0: cool. So with such a long, you know, that's a reasonable lead time to get a a nice outfit together. Mm. (laughs) Listen to me, you know. Just throw something on. Um, but no, and we understand why and we understand how and everything. So then, you know, my brain goes next to, "Why can't I just buy it online? Why don't you recommend that mm-hmm. engaged couples buy their wedding attire online? Okay,
1: yeah, there's a couple of good reasons. But the final point is, you'll probably won't end up saving money. You'll probably end up spending more money. The amount of horror stories that I have heard from seamstresses and bridal stores with brides coming in saying they've bought their gown online, it doesn't fit, I need this added, it's not what I wanted, can you fix it? They can but it comes at a cost and it comes at a big cost. Online stores will sadly steal designers' images which I can, anyone can take our designs off the internet. The best way to avoid this, to make sure that you're not getting a counterfeit gown is majority of the most well-known designers don't sell online and they don't allow their stores to sell online. So you can only get these gowns in store. So you will know if there's a designer you're interested in, you see that image on a really inexpensive wedding gown website go to that designer's website you'll generally see a buyer beware tab at the bottom of the website that they do not sell online so then you can know that that gown is a counterfeit right and when we go into counterfeit gowns we look at poorly made structure's not there the fitting which is a whole nother story cheap zips cheap fabric Not the same lace or embellishment details as the designers. They've just literally just copied a gown that looks the same with cheaper lace, cheaper fabric that doesn't fit well. Um, Also, going to the sizing, that's why it's important to go to and see a bridal stylist where they can fit you properly. This is where the other cost comes involved that if you do buy a gown online, again, bridal gowns aren't the same as our everyday wear. So, like I said, I'm a size 14, in wedding gowns, I'm a size 16. If you go onto this website and you normally wear a size 14 and you order a size 14, 99% of the time it's not going to fit. Hence why you'll end up going to a seamstress, to get it taken out. Gowns are actually easier to take in, obviously, than to let out. So there's a lot more costs involved. They basically have to take part the whole gown and redo it. So that's where I'm saying you'll probably end up spending more money if you go and buy on the internet anyway and you're not going to get what you pay
0: for mm, in a bridal mm, store. For sure. Actually, when I think back to uh, because I was embarrassed personally to go into a bridal store to mm-hmm. shop for a wedding gown myself um, and so I just thought I'll just look online. I'll just get it from online. And uh, my first one <laughs> Um yeah it didn't fit like it fit one part of it's funny you should say that it fit one part of my body but not the other part of my body yeah and then it was completely the wrong style which i would have known if i would actually tried it on in person but yeah i had uh one of the unbridled podcast listeners she wrote to me and she just went i don't want to go into a bridal store and yeah the best personal advice that i can possibly give is Please give it a go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Please, like as Bianca said, do your research and find somewhere where you're going to feel comfortable, somewhere where you can literally put the gown Mm -hmm. on your body because it's the biggest game changer to actually see it in person. It really is. It is. Yeah, feel the fabric.
1: And don't think that you have to certainly go for a style that you know suits your body. Again, these gowns are structured. So if you would be someone that doesn't normally wear a form-fitting gown, please try one on. You'll be surprised. And then you will shock your fiancé, you know, uh, walking down is something that you completely would have never thought. But get adventurous. Try some different styles on. There's so many different silhouettes that you'll hear thrown at you. You know, you've got A-line princess, you've got column, you've got modified A-line, you have um, mermaid, trumpet, fit and flesh, <laughs> try all of them on, you know, call mm. the store, get a feel for them. You know, you might feel that they're not your type of people. You know, there's all different ways of mm. running a bridal store and they're all, you know, all different personalities and just get a feel for them and make sure you feel comfortable and tell them of your concerns and they'll work around that.
0: On that point as well, why are some stores charging money Charging a fee for bridal appointments.
1: What we've got to think about is these bridal stores are investing a lot of money in their samples, hundreds of thousands a year in bridal gown samples. It's not like fast fashion where we can just go in and the store will be happy because, you know, they, they turn over a lot more dresses. We've got to think about these bridal stores don't have the same turnover of stock as a fast fashion store does. The other factors are it's very time-consuming. So you're actually paying for a service. These particular bridal uh, stylists are trained. They know what they're talking about. And so this is an actual service that you're paying for. You're paying for their time. And there's nothing worse when you've got a couple of appointments booked. A bride wants to get in. You can't take that bride in because you're booked up for that day and then If there's not a turn up. Oh, a no-show. Yeah, no-shows, which does sadly happen a lot. And, we, you know, we understand that life happens and certain things come up and that's why um, the stores appreciate a phone call for a cancellation because they might have a waiting list that they can call. And generally this appointment fee, just like getting your hair done, just going to the beauty salon, if you don't turn up, will probably be forfeited because you've taken time away from that bridal stylist being able to offer their services to someone else. Right. As well as, you know, we've got to take in fact that these samples are expensive for stores. Dry cleaning involved, maintenance is involved, zips break, trains get dirty. I didn't think about
0: that. You've got to maintain the sample gowns, don't you?
1: Exactly. So bridal stores have a lot of overheads. There's a lot of other things involved that isn't the same As a high street fashion store, there's things like bridal bags and garment bags. We provide pressing and we offer product knowledge. You know, we've done our research. But if you're talking about you
0: standing there trying to help someone, Bianca, which I know is not what you do for a a job now, but... I'm sort of
1: representing
0: the stores, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's not just you standing there and your opinion in that moment. It's all the years experience that you're bringing with it and mm-hmm. it's worth something
1: yes yeah exactly it is worth something and you know what there's a lot of stores in Australia and New Zealand that don't charge but don't get put off if they do ask for an appointment fee and you know what you always get that appointment fee you end up purchasing the gown anyway
0: oh it's offset against the cost of the gown if you buy yeah
1: yeah so majority of them do I think it is a big thing in the states I'm not 100% sure
0: let us know, everyone in the states. Love to know,
1: <laughs> possibly in the UK as well. But I have heard, you know, on chats and stuff, um, brides complaining about having to charge because they see a bridal store the same as the high street fashion store. I suppose it also deters people wasting the bridal stylist time. And I know it sounds horrible, but I have heard a horror story. Mira's wedding,
0: yeah. You remember me? (laughs) Complete waste of time. But so much fun.
1: I'll be going in there. Oh, yeah. Taking pictures and putting it in the photo.
0: (laughs) Yes, pictures. That's what I wanted to ask you next. Bianca, Bianca.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Why can't we take photos when we're trying on gowns?
1: Ask the store first. Different stores have different rules. Some stores will completely say No. And there's reasons behind that. Some stores will say yes, once you have chosen your gown, you can take as many pictures as you want. And then some stores will let you do it freely. Some of the reasons being wasting the bridal stylist time, but some stores see that if you take pictures, you will just take it off to you know get the gown made by your aunt Mary, you know. And again, they spend a lot of money on their samples and investing in this. Also. You might take pictures to look afterwards to help you determine which is your favourite gown. But it's not about the way you look in that picture. It's about how you felt at that point of time in that gown. Okay. So that's another good reason why I suggest not to take pictures because it's about how you felt in that gown at that time because you might take home five pictures on your phone of different gowns but you really loved gown A but you feel that you look better in gown B in the picture. Me as a bridal stylist saw you more comfortable and happy and glowing in gown A than gown B. Yeah. And it also could be the position that you're in and the way that you're standing at that time in that picture. So don't let that determine.
0: So Bianca, are you saying your advice would be to go with the gown that you feel best in, Mm-hmm. Rather than perhaps take a photo, compare it with lots of other gowns and pick it apart in the following months.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm. You're just going to confuse yourself. You want to capture that moment that you've got the gown on that you felt your absolute best in. And I can tell when a bride is most happy and herself in a gown. It's all about body language. So Briar so bride comes and steps out and she's pulling and tugging and criticising, oh, I like this, but I don't like this, and literally tugging the gown and sort of wiggling, feeling uncomfortable. I'm like, let's get you out of that gown. snap your gown. Let's try the next one on. She comes out glowing, smiling, patting the gown. She's literally taking ownership of that gown then and there. So I'm giving you my little hint here, <laughs> my little tip. Yeah. If you start twirling. And obviously tears we know, tears is we know that's the one. Capture that moment, make that yours. Don't let anyone tell you any different.
0: But in your memory you're saying.
1: Yeah, don't step out of that store, think about it, come back. Capture that moment, get it done. You've got that fantastic memory to look back on. That is when you found your gown. Everyone was crying. The champagne was popped. (laughs) Let's do it. Make it your own. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's so cool.
0: Okay. So we're trusting ourselves, we're trusting our gut and running with what feels amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. You've just restored
1: my faith. You're going to have all the bells and whistles with that down too on your day. So if you take those pictures and you've got your hair down, it's not fitted properly. You don't have the right underwear on, you don't have the right shoes, you don't have the veil, you don't have your flowers. So it is going to look different. That's another reason just to try and keep it in your head on how you felt and trust your gut instead of going back and forth on those pictures. So that's another reason. I just, I
0: never thought, Bianca, that there was actually an advantage to not taking photos. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. And so we've already talked a little bit about the entourage as well, the people that you're bringing with you to these appointments. You know, it, like what happens if you've got four or five bridesmaids plus a maid of honour, plus your mum, plus your mother-in-law, you know? <laughs> like oh, what do you do then? Because So you're thinking like only a couple maximum, yes?
1: Well, um, some stores will only allow a couple as well, They'll because they might be just a small boutique and they've got two or three other appointments on at the same time and they can only allow room for a certain amount. So, again, check with the store prior to making your appointment on how many people you can take. You're the judge. You know those people best, but you want to think about who out of that group is going to have your best interests at heart, who knows you best, and who you can be honest with and say, hey, guys, let me speak first on what I think about the gown instead of you guys throwing out your opinions. I really trust your opinions, but I want you to have my best interests at heart. I love that tactic. Sometimes the bridal stylist will let the entourage know, hey, such and such really feels lovely in this gown. Let's just hold our opinions first and let her tell us what she loves about the gown and why she loves it. And then we can have our opinions. Yeah. Uh, So sometimes you might get some quite domineering (laughs) bridal stylists that will do that. But again, that's because they're trained. They've seen the highs and lows. I've seen it all where a bride has been in the change room. She's felt comfortable. She loves the gown. As soon as she steps out of the change room, she feels completely deflated because of the looks of her entourage Mm -hmm. Their opinions that are thrown out straight away. Sometimes it boils down to jealousy, so remember that as well. I know it sounds horrible. Yeah. But it might be that they're remembering their time bridal shopping and they're wanting to relive that. It could be that they haven't had their time and they're wanting their two bobs worth in.
0: They could just be a bitch, Bianca. It's true. <laughs> I know,
1: it's they're horrible. I know. Yeah, it is. So that's another reason why a bridal stylist job is so difficult and different to any other fashion retailer. We're not just styling you, we're also a counselor in that change room. Mm. We're also a mediator for you with your entourage. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of emotions involved. So we've got to be very caring and empathetic as well. And I know that every bridal stylist is. Very down to earth. They just have your best interests in heart and want you in the gown because that's why they're in that industry because they love it.
0: And I guess you can always cause you know, I, I keep coming back to this scenario where, you know, a bride's got a really a decent size wedding party, few bridesmaids, you know, a mm-hmm. couple of groomsmen, a couple of brothers, everyone wants to come. Bring the dog, it'll be fun. But um Oh gosh. <laughs> you know, like we just gotta I love your advice in pairing back who not needs to be there. Who would you really like to be there? And -hmm. then to somehow really diplomatically let the others know that unfortunately, you know, they won't be able to come along to this bridal fitting appointment. And I think it might be a really good excuse, Bianca, you know, to maybe go, oh, this particular place only allows two extra people.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And you will probably find that most bridal stores will limit how many people can come along to the appointment with you. So always, again, call, find out, and that's, yeah, perfect excuse to use, Right.
0: And so for next year, Bianca, 2024, you know, you're mm-hmm. representing these beautiful labels. What are you seeing come through? What are in the collections and what can we expect to see next year?
1: So very minimalistic fabrics, but... The fabric's manipulated in a way to make the design of the gown stand out. So, again, princess gowns are making a big comeback, so the modern princess. Detachable sleeves, which is fantastic. Detachable skirts, so you can change up the looks of a ceremony. My favourite trend at the moment is pearl-embellished veils and pearl-embellished gloves. Mm. Gloves. With a Mikado gown. Stop it. (laughs) Have you heard of Mikado?
0: No, I don't know what the fuck Mikado is. Bianca, (laughs) explain.
1: Mikado is basically the new version and updated version of taffeta. So you think taffeta, you think 80s. Yes. Mikado is a Japanese fabric. Light taffeta, it's thicker, it's got more structure to it, and you can get like a matte and a shine to it. It's just oh. fantastic. And the great thing is, even though it's thicker, it breathes. So it's a fantastic fabric for an Australian bride. Crepe as well. You've probably seen a lot of yes. gowns in your weddings recently. There's some
0: beautiful, you know these um asymmetrical splits in the beautiful crepe gowns and
1: any size can wear crepe as long as it's structured right, and it's got that structure in there and it's stretch. You can wear it if you've got the right underwear. Don't let it put you off if you're (laughs) over a size 16, please. Give Crepe a try because it's a beautiful fabric, very luxurious. So these two fabrics tie in with the minimalistic sort of princess look that we have seen coming through within the royal wedding as well. Mm -hmm. But then you can add to it. You can make it your own. You're shining through. Your face is the one that's shining, your beauty and Your happiness is what's shining through on the day with these beautiful, minimalistic gowns. I've heard that,
0: Bianca. Yeah, that you want to wear the gown. You don't want the gown to
1: wear you. The gown to wear you, exactly. (laughs) You can add your own touches. You know, these gowns are great to be able to personalise. So you personalise it with the veil that you want. Um, You can have it with the headdress that you want, the jewellery, Like I said before, these fantastic new pale embellished gloves. I just love them. I can't get enough of them. You're going to see them over Instagram everywhere. It's very Audrey. It is very Audrey, yes, yes. So there's quite a few sort of Audrey-inspired gowns as well. Still, you know, the lace is still out there. There's so many different laces that you can get nowadays, lace with 3D effects on them, so flowers popping out. Wow. Um, I've got one gown in the new House of St. Patrick collection, which has just got these massive, beautiful 3D flowers all over the gown embellished with sequins, and it's just like nothing you've seen before. So, again... We are at the forefront of bridal fashion. We are the trendsetters at the Trenobius Group. So jump online, have a look, um, keep an eye out for the new 2024 collections, 2023 collections up there now, and you'll see some of the gowns that I've sort of suggested, that Mikado, that crate coming through, the different textured lace. Um, yeah.
0: You've made me excited about bridal gowns.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> Spreading the bridal gown, love. <laughs> you know I'm
0: pretty straight down the line, Bianca, and for you to make me care about 3D like lace flowers, well done. <laughs> Thank you. It's You're beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> and
1: so, what is the website The Pronovias group? Pronovias uh, group. Pronovias even. group. If you want to just Google Saint Patrick Bridal, White One Bridal and Lady Bird Bridal.
0: And find your local stockist.
1: Yeah, you'll see it at the top of the websites for the different brands. There's a stockist section and you'll be able to find um, your closest stockist on there.
0: Awesome. No matter where the listener is, they'll be able to find you.
1: All around the world. They're stocked all around the world. So, yes, yeah.
0: (laughs) That's so good, Bianca. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the laughs too.
1: You're very welcome.
0: (laughs) You're on YouTube. Chat soon. Bye. Thanks. See you, Camille. Bye. That about wraps it up for this episode of The Unbradley Podcast. For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon.